Paxton Quigley is rolling out the green carpet, talking to the creme de la creme of innovators and influencers who are shaping the world of cannabis and culture. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Hello to all of you cannabis aficionados, and welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Now, folks, before we introduce our guest for today, I want to tell you that the wildfires have devastated the West Coast cannabis industry. In Southern Oregon, multiple cannabis farms were lost to the blaze. And the same is true in California. It's expected, and get these figures, that total losses will be in the tens of millions of dollars. However, the industry has also come forward to organize relief for families especially those who lost their homes. And one of the relief uh, companies or organizations, I should say, is the Benson Arbor Southern Relief Fund. It's a GoFundMe campaign. So if you can please donate and go to the Benson Arbor Southern Relief Fund, that would be terrific. And I'd like to spell it. Benson is B-E-N-S-O-N, Arbor, A-R-B-O-R, Southern California Relief Fund. Thank you very much. Now, marijuana possession arrests make up the vast majority of all drug busts. Despite roughly equal usage rates, blacks are nearly four times more likely to be arrested for weed than whites, which means tens of thousands of people's futures are ruined before they even get started. Tori Marshall is the co-founder of National Expungement Week. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Thank you so much, Paxton, for having me. Thank you for having me on High Society. I love this. Oh, uh, well, thank you, too. Tori, in that the war on drugs has decimated poor white communities as well as communities of color, how important is expungement for the millions of people who've been negatively affected by drug convictions? Oh, that is like one of the best, strongest hidden questions to come out the park with. Um, I, I will say this, um, in doing this work in social justice, I say, if you let the numbers talk, you'll see all of us and you'll see how to heal all of us. And, and, and again, it goes back to just being a marginalized community. What does it look like to be in a marginalized community? It's a community that, that doesn't really have any wealth, right? It's, Correct. You know, it's it's a community that just, you know, maybe somewhere far away. My dad is from a place called Mahern, Virginia, you know, and it's, it's, it's such a rural area. And what does it look like in that rural area for communities? Some are just white, some are just black, and then you have mixed. However, there's food deserts, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's lack of education. Right. And so they, they, they drop out at an early age just to find a way to, you know, create funding for their family. And these things, these times, they haven't changed. They haven't changed still to this day presently, even if we become in, you know, apartments or housing or whatever the case may be and no longer, you know, rule. The, the lack of education has not changed. Food disparity has not changed. And so it creates this need of survival. And sometimes that need of survival, it becomes let me sell drugs. Yes, it's paramount in their lives. Paramount. It's paramount, you know, and it's, and it's just one of those things. And it's not because, you know, it's the cool thing to do. 
they're literally taking this money to feed their family. They're literally taking this money to pay their bills, you know, and because of that, sometimes, you know, until we can figure out how to tax things in America, just like, you know, the liquor and beer, just like the lottery, you know, <laughs> once that happens, then it's like, okay, everybody's locked up. And if you don't have the money and means to do it legally and pay your taxes, you can't. And what does that look like? Ultimately, not only does it impact the individual that has to be incarcerated, it affects their whole family. Because now you took away the funding, you took away the provider, and you took away the protection. So now you've left this family out here even more destitute, even in more shambles. What does that look like to rebuild and reheal it? You know, and that's why I created National Expungement Week. Um, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you and, and obviously nodding all the time. Now, in view of the spread of COVID-19 and the growing calls for social justice, it seems that National Expungent Week is, is more essential than ever. Now, has it grown since last year? Believe it or not, um, it has shown people that we've always been year-round because COVID has made us stay in the house. And yet here we are still doing National Expungement Week. And why is that? It's because in 2018, when I had my first clinic in Washington, DC, one of our returning citizens who lives in Georgia called me in DC for his records that was in DC. We've been working on his case since 2018. We've been removing, <laughs> we have been removing things off his record since 2018. So this is a year round project. We virtually do this year round. We virtually have a commitment of dedicated, you know, legal teams. We virtually have a, 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 a network of dedicated online virtual organizers like this, like this is what we do, you know? So we just have like a week of action, a physical week of action, you know, that correlates between National Voter Registration Awareness Day, which is the third, the third Tuesday of every September, right? So that's why we have a week of action. However, we're year round. And so we're always there to help. So um, how are you going to continue to expand it? Uh, where are you going to find lawyers and, and other organizations that can get involved? Absolutely. How do you go about doing that? Yes. So um, I do outreach. I, I I will pick up the phone. I will call anybody, email anybody. And we also, you know, implore people to, you know, reach out to us through our website, www.nationalexpungementweek.org, because, you know, we have partnerships that we're looking for. We want local, state, and national partnerships everywhere, because these things are important. You know, um, one thing I noticed in the cannabis industry is that when I was going to some of the conferences, they offered expungement services. However, if I'm from DC and, and your attorney is, is is, is licensed and licensed and stated in Colorado, he can't help me. So, you know, it, 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 it was that, that it was that nuance that was missing from the cannabis industry that made me to, that made me create a partnership with the cannabis industry to get them to understand that, yes, you can charge us to go to these conferences and you can say that you're having an expungement clinic, but do you have an expungement clinic for people that are traveling into your state? What does that look like? You know, so then when we built it all the way around, when we had it in our own states, we wanted to have wraparound services. And I know that we're going to talk about that later, but I just wanted to say that's what makes us different than any other, you know, selling or expungement clinic. Like we make sure that the wraparound services are definitely there for their community. 
Now, do you think that someday you will have these services in all of the states? Do you think that it is possible? That's definitely the goal. Um, and 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 also, you know, that's why again, I, I I created this with the the goal of being automated expungement, right? Because again, living in Washington D.C., we're not even a state, so we only have ceiling. And yet here I am, the visionary and the founder of this, and I called it National Expungement Week. So it's like, well, people are like, well, how did you call it National Expungement Week if you don't even have expungement where you live? And I'm like, because I need you guys to understand that this is the goal. You know, we have other wraparound services to do to help people out and help my, even myself out. This is why I created it. You know, however, we have to say together as a people, we need to lobby and we need to talk about automated expungement on a national and a federal level. What does it look like? Now, just how complicated is it for people to have their criminal records expunged and sealed? Is, is, is it a process that can go on for years and years or, or can it be done like in a, a, a one-shot deal, so to speak? That one-shot deal is the goal. Shout out to our national partner, Code for America. So Code for America, two years in a row now, have been our national partner. If nobody knows who Code for America is, they are the company, the IT tech company in, that went into California, a certain state in California, I can't remember right now, and they cleared 8,000 cannabis convictions in less than 15 minutes just by king and a, king and a code. So No kidding. That's that's in, incredible. Now, what about the states uh, that have issued blanket expungement, uh, expungement for cannabis effects uh, offenses? I mean, uh, such as Illinois, uh, is is that working out? What, what what is your opinion about that? Uh, it it works out in the way of at least I don't have a cannabis conviction on my record anymore. You know, however, you know, it's like you read at first, sometimes we can just get stopped, you know, for having, you know, maybe a, a three, five or, or anything like that. And the next thing you know, we have another stacked up charge. So that stacked up charge is now not removed. So it, it, it works, but when it works, it works in a way that it's only 40,000 cannabis convictions. And like you said, there's 77 million justice impacted people. So we have to look at the bigger picture. I see. Um, are you uh, located also, let's say, outside of, of, of the USA? Are, are you in Puerto Rico or you know some of the other uh, areas that are that are part of the United States? Have you gone that far out? So I'm glad you brought that up again. Um, <laughs> last year, and again, our, our national sponsor is actually Canopy. So with our national sponsor, you know, they're actually based out of Canada, which would automatically make us international if we wanted to be, right? So what does that really look like? It looked like something that we couldn't build out this year because of COVID. So yes, be on the lookout for us in 2021, where we will be international because yes, we do have connections in, in, in different countries, yes. We need to take a short break here, but we'll be back shortly to continue our conversation about National Expungement Week. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to High Society with Paxton Quigley where we're speaking with Tori Marshall. She's co-founder of National Expungement Week. Now, what happens if somebody is in Paris or in London and gets caught? Is there any way that, uh, what, what happens in a situation like that? Do they, they get arrested in, in Paris, let's say? Uh, how do you get rid of a, an expungement uh, there? How, how do you do that? Uh, that seems like the same question that we get just here with asking, hey, can my record be expunged or can my record be sealed? The first thing we do is we say, well, one, let's see if we can contact someone from our legal team and legal department because I'm not an attorney, right? And then we ask, hey, do you have your docket number or your information so that they can start to look into this process to even let you know if you're eligible? And then we can let you know what you're eligible for because again, some people can do expungement some people can do sealing and expungement means different things in different places. And I think when we say like international things, I think we should use the word amnesty, right? So when you go international, you wanna say overall amnesty because when you say amnesty, we're looking at how to do an overall freedom project to allow people to, you know, come back in with a second chance. Now, personally, how did you get started that you wanted to go in this direction? Uh, give us a little history of, of, of your life, please, because it's rather interesting uh, to find a, you know, a woman doing this kind of work. I should, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, uh, you know, a man hater or anything like that, but I find it really interesting. Gloat, Paxton, gloat, gloat. Just say <laughs> what it is. Us women, what do we do? Like, like, you know, we're nurturers, you know what I'm saying? We're creators, you know, we, we, we nurture. You know, this, this is what we do. Like, who, like we can say all day long. Okay, let's just say the man goes out and you know he 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 makes he makes the bread, right? However, we're the ones that care for them. 
We nurture and make sure they eat. We nurture and make sure our children eat. It's all about the seed. And that's what I tell people, even with me being a hood doula, it's all about the seed. And I think that's why there's so many women right now that see the need to speak out and, and say something because it's about overall protection. It's overall protection about our seeds. And, and I started it one because I, I came from a place, I came from a marginalized and I, I'm from Washington, DC. And I'm from Washington, DC in the eighties doing something called Reaganomics. And during Reaganomics, there were all types of things. And one of the main things that was doing here during Reaganomics was the, the crack era, you know, was the drug war. And, and what did that look like? And so my parents were like, we got to hurry up and get this child up out of here, you know, along with my other siblings. And so they moved us, <laughs> they moved us into Maryland. You know, they was like, because at least, you know, one, let's go back to a better education. <laughs> Let's go back. There's a little bit of land in Maryland. So we know that there's like a farmer's market. You know, we know that there's co-ops that, you know, a better feed her so that she doesn't have to rely on these sugars and high fructose corn syrup all the time. So at a very young age, even though my mom really didn't know how to, she still became cognitive of how to help me and heal me. And so when I, I, I started to get older, I made knucklehead decisions and also made cognitive decisions. Right. And then I had my children and I was like, oh, no. Like I understand the need for this all over again. And then in the midst of me just trying to do everything legal, right? Because Initiative 71 here in DC, which is our cannabis initiative, seeing that the cannabis industry was coming and knowing that my family was impacted by this drug war, I was like, how can I legally get in and just let my family know you never have to be scared again, right? Like you, you just, you, you don't have to be criminalized for this anymore. We just have to find a way to get into this industry, be seen and pay taxes. After all, we were here before this industry existed. You know, you like you had the cannabis before industry before the industry existed. So it was like, how do we create that? And so then I saw people of color and then I even saw marginalized white people get together. And they were like, we're gonna put all our bread and all our money together. And we're gonna try to get into this cannabis industry. And when I tell you they were walled, they were blocked, block, block, block. And why were they blocked? They were blocked, one, because they didn't have enough of the financial part. And then they were blocked again because they didn't have the education part. And then they were blocked again because even with our white allies who are just like us, they realized once it came time to do that background check, a record is a record. A record is a record. So me, I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing this as a consultant because I already had a previous record. And to be honest with you, I don't have a cannabis conviction. I was in a, I, I was in a, I was in a domestic violent relationship. So ultimately my conviction is a violent offense. And, and, and that's a lot of things. That's a lot of times we don't get to talk about that. You know, nobody gets to talk about, and I'm not just saying it's females, it's males too. No one really gets to talk about the females that are, that, that are in jail to, you know, for self-defense to defend themselves. And, and it gets overshadowed and then we're, we're, we're lumped. You know, we're, we're, we're lumped in this category of being a monster or being demonized. And I'm like, no, listen, when you have children, there's the fight or flight method. So, you know, once I got out and my company that, you know, employs me, shout out to Cage Free Cannabis Consultant, Adam and Andrew, um, when they employed me, they was like, hey, you know, just want to check in. How are you doing? And I was like, you know what? Um, I know that there's nothing that I can do right now. You know, I know that this, this, this is going to be fresh and new on my record. However, I would like to create a three to five year plan, not just for myself, but for other people. And let's talk about what that really looks like. 
you know, while maybe right now I can't get sealing or expunging on my record, let me create financial literacy programs. You know, let me create a resume building workshop. You know, let me have a, a clothing bank here for people that need clothes to go to these interviews. Like, so these are the things that, you know, I started to put together to create National Expungement Week because I, I knew that it was important. And I know that sometimes people come into our clinics thinking that they can get their services cleared right away. But like I tell you, we have one person that's been three years and before three years, he's had this on his record for 15 years before meeting me. You know, so you just got to know like these things take time, but what can we do to heal you, get you ready while these things are happening for you? And that's, yes. you know, National Expansion Week was created. Now, how has uh, the U.S. Congress, uh, senators and, and congressmen, how have they related to what you're doing? Are you getting some good feedback or are they pushing away? It, I would have to say it definitely depends on the state. Um, because I've come into this work and I live in D.C., there's nothing more that I could have done other than become a federal lobbyist, right? So with me, I'll go down to Capitol Hill, you know, <laughs> and I'll just, you know, hey, I'll just be out here until you come outside. You know, I'll, hey, are they there in the office? Okay, let them know. I'm sitting right here. So see, that's me because I'm like, how can we talk about it? Why don't you agree with this? You know? And that's what I implore, you know, other people in their states to, to, to do community lobbying. Like, like you have a choice, you have a right. If it is impacting or it's harming your community, you can go talk, you can go talk to your council member, you can go talk to your congressman, your congresswoman, you can go talk to your senator, you can go talk to your governor. You have the right to do this because we have voting power. We voted them in the seat. You know, so why can't we have this conversation of how to make things better? So I always tell people, yes, legislation wise, look at what it says. Offer input. You are more than welcome to offer input. You offer input because you want to make sure what does it look like when they really say we're going to do expungement right here? Is it really going to expunge something for a person that maybe really shouldn't be in? Or maybe if they are in, should they really, should I really be in jail for 50 years for an ounce of cannabis? Really? No, yes. you, you, you've nailed it on the head. Now, I want to just go back in terms of your personal life. How long were you in, in prison? Uh, and and uh, did you have uh, talks with other prisoners about maybe formulating this idea of, of expungement? Tell, tell us a little background about that. Um, my background about that is at the end of the day, I am a female who is fair skinned. So I own and I acknowledge and I accept my privilege. And I had some of the best attorneys. And let me tell you something, I didn't get arrested once, not twice. And not just as an adult, I've had a juvenile record again, because I've done knucklehead things. Um, so no, I have, you know, I've never, I've been on probation. I've maybe done a week. And that is it. And I thank everybody that I've only done a week especially <laughs> as an adult, because I had my first child at 19. Right. So I had no business in anybody's jail because I'm a mom. And um, and 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 so, yes. So what I did was because I have a section, a second chance every single time, every single time I've been arrested, I've acknowledged that, oh, my God, if I can get out of this. I'm going to continue to co-balance and coexist in a way where I'm doing something right. No matter if people say you're wrong, I know that I'm doing something right. So what does that look like? So knowing that that was happening to me, and again, I'm one of 19. I am child number 19. Wow. <laughs> 
We need to take a short break here, but we'll be back shortly to continue our conversation about National Expungement Week. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to High Society with Paxton Quigley, where we're speaking with Tori Marshall. Now, tell, tell us now about Expungent Week. What happens during that time so, so people can know what to do? Exactly. And because I'm child number 19, I do things like help my brothers and my sisters and my nephews who have been incarcerated. Um, And that's what it looks like. We employ people to come in and receive services. We employ anybody to please come in and receive these healing services because you should not be paying for this. You have paid enough. And once you have already paid enough, you can only make minimum wage because of your record. So how can you afford to pay for these legal fees? This is systemic. This is a, a systemic injustice. And I tell people all the time when they say, well, what is a systemic injustice? It's this drug war. This drug war is a systemic injustice. Just one, just one of many systemic injustices. So let's tackle this one first, since it's becoming legal everywhere. And everybody else is benefiting off of it, except for the people and the families that have been impacted and affected by it. Now, do you see this as a a happening in in every state and that uh, the changes are made on a, a state by state uh, level, or would you like to have some um, something coming out of the U.S. government? And is that possible in terms of having uh, an expungement program for 
all the different people who have this problem. Um, yes, and in order to do that, the different states would have to one acknowledge that there's a problem. So it's, it, you know, it 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 takes for you to acknowledge that there's a problem first in order for it to be addressed, right? And so then, how do we move from there? So that's why, again, you know, I do as much outreach as I can. But if you don't acknowledge the problem that's right next to you, then you're going to say, "What problem?" And 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 as far and as far as you know, the U.S. taking like you know assisting us with it, the most we can do is lobby and show them, listen, we do exist, and we do want a second chance, and we are healing. So we're good. <laughs> yes, that's not that's that's nice to hear. Now, do you go around and give uh, uh, lectures in, let's say, high schools? You know, so you, you can discuss, you know, what happens and all that in terms of uh, not so much expungement, but if they, they, they you know, uh, the whole process, if you get arrested, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, 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 yes. We, I do. And, and I'll ask my organizers to do it too, because I'm only one person, right? And if we can get this word out as to as many people as we can, I'm going to put my people on it so that they can do it um, and talk about what that looks like. And like I tell people, if a, if a handcuff hits your wrist at any moment, contact legal advisory, contact legal counsel. I don't care if, you, if you're in a protest right now, you can be charged. And these are things that we're naive to because a lot of us just go out into a protest thinking, hey, I'm protesting for the greater good and oh, I got arrested for the greater good. You just got charged. And when you get charged, what are you gonna do? You gonna blame me? Don't blame me. I didn't tell you to go out there and protest. So you have to do your research after that. And a lot of people don't know because they just see what they see on the news and they don't know what it's really like to really be arrested. So when you step into someone's shoes that have been arrested, they were like, yeah, you know, it's not, no, they're not gonna say you did a good deed and let you go. No, that was a real arrest. You know, so I always tell people, I don't care if you jump a rail at the Metro. I don't care if, if they arrest you, please please, please reach out to legal counsel. If not, contact us, www.nationalexpungionweek.org. Let us know where you got arrested. We're gonna ask you questions. Hey, do you have a docket number? Do you have a record number? Did they charge you? Did they give you paperwork? Because we walk around so unknowingly, so unknowingly, and it's not until we get older, because let me tell you something, 48,000 barriers, 48,000 barriers when you get arrested. Third party life insurance, you do not get that. Assistant housing, you do not get that. Federal financial aid for education, you do not get that. You know what else you don't get? You don't get to live in a nursing home. Aha, uh -huh. that's interesting that you, you, you brought that up. So it's, a, it's, 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 it's uh, intergenerational in terms of, of what, what is happening. That's very interesting. Now, how are you getting funded uh, for this, this? Corporate social responsibility. Um, I think that if people acknowledge, because again, they would have to acknowledge it. If they acknowledge that they had some hands in, in, in the movement and the work in this, you know, systemic injustice, we encourage them to give. If they can't give money, we ask, how else can you give? Can you find us some attorneys? Can you find us some food? Can you find us some clothes? And if it's a bank that tell us that they don't have money, can you partner with us and teach us a financial literacy program? See, we have ways to 
to hold you accountable for the harm that you have done to our communities. And all it takes is a conversation. And you know, what does, like, what does it really look like? And, and it's different. It's so different for every city and state. It's so different. So I can't tell, you know, I can't tell anyone in California, you know, how they should be healed in their community. I would need someone from California to tell me once I get like, you know, McDonald's or Burger King, because clearly, you know, they should be charged and fine. Obesity yeah. is real. Sugar is the biggest drug in the world. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's the deadliest drug. And so it's like, you know, how do we really hold everybody accountable for this? Interesting. Now, what is going on with the Justice Department? Do you interface with the Justice Department, the U.S. Justice Department at all? Have you, have you put your, your, your tentacles out in, in that direction? So I actually, I have, uh, again, our first returning citizen that we've been working on his record for three years now, because that's the other part with expungement and expunging, and expunging a record. People don't understand that sometimes it takes a pardon to expunge a record. And that pardon could be signed off by your governor. However, if you live in Washington, DC, that isn't a state, we don't have a governor. So what happens is we have a sentencing judge. Whoever was your sentencing judge has to be the one to pardon you. And for this individual, when he was arrested in the 90s, his sentencing judge was Eric Holder. So when we talk about the Justice Department, it doesn't get any higher than attorney Eric Holder for the Obama administration. So now trying to contact this man who is no longer part of the DOJ, because again, I do tell my story and I tell it well, I scared myself into the government. See, I worked for the federal government and I worked under him. Oh, you did? Yes. In what capacity? In what capacity? I'm, I'm IT. Uh, IT. Uh IT, uh -huh. I'm, I'm IT DOD, I was SEC, OPIC, and DOJ. And then I went to Anne Arundel County government, and then I came to DCPS, which is DC government. So again, I did a lot of bad, but I did a lot of good. And I was able to make those connections so that when these things happened, I knew who was who. And so when he told me who his sentencing judge was, I was like, oh no. And he was like, so you know who that is? And I was like, how the, how the heck are we supposed to get a hold of him? So, <laughs> so um, again, you know, um, my, 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 my partner in crime, Adam Vine, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was just like, listen, like, we'll figure out a way. So we start like writing letters and we start getting like, you know, law students involved and other attorneys and his family. And again, because of COVID, he's actually a business owner. He has been he has been out of the prison system for over 18 years. This man has moved to Atlanta. He owns four businesses. However, because he has a record, it's not on paper because he can't be. Uh-huh. So when COVID hit and the SBC did the relief, do you think he got any of that money? No, he did not. The partners who are on the paperwork are the ones that receive the relief funds for COVID. So you would have to want them to be like, oh my God, I'm your friend. I'm going to give you some money. You hope that they do that. And to be clear again, he doesn't have a cannabis dispensary or cultivation center. This man, he has lounges and he has bars. This is what he wants to do, but he has no, he has no right to ownership because of his record. And so contacting someone to pardon you could be easier in your city or state, but in DC, your sentencing judge here, could end up being, you know, the attorney general for the DOJ. So it's like interesting. <laughs> now, 
what what grassroots organizations um, are you involved with? So we again, um, we are actually and shout out to National Bailout and Free Black Mamas. I think they are one of the most dopest organizations and projects I've I've ever seen. They still work during COVID because they wanted to free Black mamas. And they was like, we got to get them out of jail. And this is something that they do every Mother's Day. Every Mother's Day, they commit to getting mothers out of prison. Um, other other grassroots, uh, we work for, with the Brigade Network of Code for America. They just had their hackathon uh, two days ago, and it's their, their National Day of Civic Hacking. And that's when they come into the community and they teach families how to do IT. Because I told you, Code for America are the ones to do the automated expungement with the click of a wrist. So if they can teach the communities how to do this, and they also teach them how to do legislation to get code in their city and state, to automate it and automatically expunge records. That's like one of the best partnerships of a nonprofit I can ever ask for. We also partner with local churches, local food banks. We actually partner with DAs sometimes when they wanna get their stuff together. However, we hold them accountable because we let them know, listen, you know you've done harm. So how do you talk to our community about this? Because we're on edge and we have trust issues. So for sure. So we, so we welcome any type of partnership, but grassroots, if you are grassroots, shout out to Cannabis Equity, shout out to, shout out to Social Impact Center, Felicia, Felicia out of, out of, out of LA, um, who else, uh, I believe it's so many food people, it's so many food banks and food networks, people feed our communities, I can't thank you enough for feeding our communities, there's people that clothe our communities, I can't thank you guys enough for clothing our communities, so we have an impact report, this is going to be the third year where we have an impact report, and you can see everybody, everybody that we partner with, everybody that we work with, and they'll probably be in your area, you could be like, I didn't even know they existed, they exist, so yeah. So they're, they're out there. Now I want to ask you in terms of CannabisRadio.com, uh, which this show was part of, how can, can, how can we help you? Uh, how can we help you in terms of getting the word out? I think you just did it. <laughs> uh, well, we've, we've got a, a number of radio shows, so I guess you, you may want to contact them, uh, you know, go online and, and look them up and see if they will give you that plug because you, you know, you're, you're a, a, a one woman organization that's in everything imaginable in terms of, 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 you know, helping people in terms of expungement. It's, it's like the uh, wonderful and, and your family must be very proud of you. Listen, they, they know now that it takes a lot of work to erase a stigma. Right. It takes a lot of work to erase this stigma. And it is it's like you said, it's generational. You know, it's, it's it's generational PTSD. Like if somebody keeps telling you something's bad, something's bad, something's bad. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's good. <laughs> You're like, is it really? You know, so it's 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 so it's it's a conditioning mechanism, you know, so we have to like, you know, tell our people it's OK. And that's one of the other parts that is so important, because, again, you know, I knew that I had to heal myself every time something happened, you know, so I encourage, you know, people to talk about healing and what does that look like? I'm not asking you to go see a therapist, even though we have therapists at some of our clinics. We have healers and master coaches at some of our clinics and we don't force you to do it. They're just there. Guess what? We have coloring books at our clinics. <laughs> we, we go that far. <laughs> we go that far because 
mentally, I know that some of us, and, and again, I'll, I'll be 40 soon. Some of us, we come from a place where if something happens in our household, we don't really talk about it, right? And we don't know how to really share it. And then as we get older, we realize we have children or we have nieces or nephews and we see that they're doing the same thing. And we know that isn't right. You know, so what, so what does that look like? It looks like we have to lead by example. So I'm going to pick up a coloring book, even as a, even as an adult, and I'm going to color in front of the children because it's important to let them know that it's important to let them see that like peace is important. And this, and this is a hectic, crazy world, a hectic, crazy world. So peace is important. Good. Now, can we kind of have a, a wrap up of what you see in the future in terms of this organization? You know, how many years is it going to take uh, to make expungement, expungement, excuse me, uh, go away? <laughs> uh, you know, that it won't be needed. How about that? You will have d done what you were supposed to do in life. Uh, how do you see the next, you know, five, 10 years from now? Um, yeah, probably be about 10 years because it, you know, I, <laughs> and I say that because, you know, it took the civil rights movement seven, right? So if we, if we're honest about how this really works, when we talk about the numbers and who is impacting and who is affecting, we know that, you know, this is just the start. And we say that for a lot of things, you know, we say that for women's rights, we say that for LGBTQIA plus rights, you know what I'm saying? We say it for immigration rights. And again, we say it for civil rights. You know, we, we always say that things are just, a, it's, this, this is a start and people have been running ever since. So for me to give you a definite, you know, all I can do is just keep running until I can pass the baton. <laughs> keep, keep, keep on running. Um, this has been a, a most in, in, enlightening as well as enjoyable conversation. And it, it's, it's really wonderful to, to have someone on who, who, who understands what's going on in the community at large, as well as in the, uh, in the black community. And I'm sure you uh, have helped uh, just personally hundreds of, of people in, in the last couple of years that you've been, been involved. And uh, I, I, I certainly want to tell you you that uh, we appreciate having you on and we hope to have you on again when maybe you'll have some more good news to tell us and please tell people slowly how they can get in touch with your organization okay yes thank you so much um right now we actually have something called the show your love campaign where we're trying to fundraise for fifty thousand dollars just for the week of action of new which starts Oh no, it starts in like three days. So <laughs> from the 19th to the 26th is our week of action. So you can visit us at www.nationalexpansionweek.org, donate, or you can go to our web, uh, our social media outlets. Uh, we're at Expungement Week on Instagram and on um, Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, again, right now we're in 11, just for this year, we're in 11 states. If you know that your state needs this, please, please reach out to us, www.nationalexpansionweek.org. We have a toolkit to get you started. We'll help you find local resources. Like we'll help you find attorneys. If you know that you need this, please, please reach out to us. Again, we do have an online platform. 
If we're not in your city and you fill out our form to see if you're eligible, give us some time. We'll find somebody in your city or state to let us know if you're eligible. Give us some time. And again, you should not be paying for any legal fees and services. That is why we're donating to you. That because we fundraise for you. So allow us to do that. Allow us to, to just right some of the wrongs. Like people don't know. Next year makes 50 years. Nixon's war on drugs. 50 years they've been doing this to our marginalized communities. For 50 years. Not just black. Not just brown. All of us. For 50 years. It's time for us to right some wrongs. Thank you, Tori. Thank you. We've been talking to Tori Marshall. And this has been... Uh, quite a remarkable uh, journey for you. And uh, we're happy that we're able to help you. And hopefully it will grow and become bigger and bigger. And certainly let's uh, stay in touch. And if you, you know, say, hey, uh, I want to talk about this, contact us and we'll be there for you. Thank, Thank you very much. So much, Paxton. Listen, if you want to know, be like, Tori, are we having this in this state? I'm going to say, Paxton, I'm going to send this organized and this coordinated to you, and they're going to let you know. Okay. That's, that's really good. Thank you again. And, folks, uh, before we sign off, please remember to check out my novel, Just Try Me. It's available on Amazon.com. And also, stay healthy, stay home if you have to, and stay in touch. I'm Paxton Quigley. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.